We find ourselves returning back to the study of Matthew's gospel this morning to the, some of the final hours that our Lord spent with his disciples before he went to the cross. After he had finished giving them his instructions in a final act, Jesus gave them a memorial of himself to observe through supper that he had instituted for them. It's one of the reasons we find Holy Communion so important. He was teaching them to remember his sacrifice on the cross and to remember there was nothing left for him to do except to go to the cross, await the coming betrayer. And they sang the hymn after supper and they rose and they go to the Garden of Gethsemane. And this walk, it takes a little bit of time as they're making this process. His beloved disciples, where he must have been telling them or preparing them, for he was about to die. And so our passage this morning describes a portion of their conversation as they traveled together to this garden. Jesus tells them in the scripture, all of you will become deserters because of me for this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. I want to pause just for a moment as we look at this verse. Jesus is revealing now to his disciples that something was about to happen. To them, this was the fulfillment of the Old Testament. In Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7, God spoke of the coming Messiah. In that prophecy, God was announcing that his promised Messiah would suffer before the rain. And that when he would be struck down, people would then be dispersed at the time. And even though there was a much larger national fulfillment of that verse yet to come, Jesus let his disciples know that this partial fulfillment of it was about to occur in them. He would be the shepherd that was about to be struck. And as a result, they, the sheep, would be temporarily scattered about him. But we hear this, and the disciples heard this, and hear Jesus telling them this, and no sooner does he do that and say that they will be scattered, but he also affirms that they would not be scattered for long. He would still lead his sheep. But after I am raised up, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. You see, so, so the Lord, our Lord in absolute sovereign control over everything that was occurring to him, all the things that were happening according to the divine purpose that was predicted in scripture, but the disciples and especially our flawed but faithful disciple of Simon Peter didn't understand this. Peter answered and said to him, even if all were made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. I love that, right? He's bold. God, you're wrong. Not me. I will never do this. You ever said that before? I will never Jesus said to him, assuredly I say to you that at this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. 
And so we see this and we just shake our head, right? Bow our head and we go, Peter, Peter, why? We know what takes place. You've, you may have heard in the scripture that the story of, of what happens next, just a short time later, the betrayer would betray Jesus with a kiss in verse 49. The soldiers would seize him in verse 50. And all those disciples would forsake him and flee. And we find just a few hours had passed these verses. Peter sat outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. But Peter denied it. I do not know what you are saying, he said. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those that were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, Peter denied with an oath, I do not know this man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, surely you also are one of them for your speech betrays you. Then Peter began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know this man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the words of Jesus had said to him. And he went out and wept bitterly. There's no doubt in this passage, in, in, in the story of Peter, of who Simon Peter is, that we even think that Peter did not love God. What's more... It's through Peter that God had given the church its great profession concerning, Lord, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. It was that profession that Jesus said would be the rock upon which he would build his church. No follower of Jesus was more privileged, in my opinion, than Peter. No believer more worthy of love and esteem, yet among those who were his followers, Peter's denial would have to be considered one of the greatest failures in the sacred history of Scripture. This was a, a turn of events. This is where we see the flaws of Peter come out more than his faithfulness. But you know what I think? I think it shows our flaws as well. Peter's denial of the Lord was surely the most noteworthy in scripture. But if we're honest, we have to admit that each one of us has failed God and denied Christ again and again. You see, that's why I love this passage. Tucked away in this story of, of Peter's flaws is the good news that in our Lord's kingdom, in the kingdom of God, such failures do not ever have to be the end. They are never the period or the exclamation point in a life lived. It's the Lord's will, of course, that we would not fail but if you and I do, and perhaps fail horribly, that doesn't mean it's the end. 
I think there are a couple of things that we need to consider when looking at this passage of scripture. The first is that we cannot trust our own hearts before the Lord. And to be honest, as I was sitting here in the service and I looked up and I was like, oh, purple. Maybe we can't trust our own minds as well because I'm not wearing purple. I have on green apparently and that's where my mind was going this morning. But as simple as that is, there's flaws that we do, sin that we get captured into that we can't trust ourselves. Looking back in this passage of scripture just for a moment, Jesus and his disciples sit down and eat and he makes the statement, assuredly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And each one of them began to say to Jesus, Lord, is it me? And we read on and we know that he's speaking of Judas. But evidently, on a personal searching of the heart, each disciple sitting at the table with Christ begins to search their hearts. And I suspect where their hearts were in relationship to what Christ is asking of them. And I even further suspect that no one would have had more resolve in that commitment than Peter. Now, when we see these words of Jesus that I'll never deny you, and Peter laying it before him, we, we have that it's gonna happen. But in our mind, we know that it happens with us as well. It happens when we deny who Jesus is in our hearts and lives, when we don't take the steps to speak of who Jesus is in everyday situations, when we do not let others see Christ in us, we're saying the same thing, Lord, I will never deny you. Instead, we ought to be saying, Lord, if even Peter could fall, how could I in my own power ever hope to stand? If you should take your hand away from me, I surely will deny you. Lord, abide with me. Stay with me, lead me, guide me. This whole season of Lent is preparing us to experience the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, is preparing us for thinking of ways in which we have sinned and fallen short. This series is showing us that even though we want to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ, we live in our flaws instead of living in the love and grace that Jesus is seeking to give us. And so, even our failures are still under God's control. Peter experienced this situation. He experienced denying Christ. He immediately knew when the rooster crowed that he And the words of Jesus were made true. This isn't to give us a free pass that we can do whatever. 
but it's to remind us to take responsibilities for our flaws, to stand in the grace of God and ask for forgiveness. There was a time in my life I remember so clearly. I was working in a a graphics component at seminary and one of my professors put me in contact with an older minister that needed some help designing a, a resume with a graphic component. And in the course of creating this minister's resume, I inadvertently shared some personal information with someone that had the potential of jeopardizing his position with the church he was serving. I didn't know it happened until this pastor called me and told me that I may have just gotten him into trouble. I was sick to my stomach. It was an innocent mistake. I wasn't intentionally trying to to disrupt or even affect this minister's position. I wondered how I could be so careless, so thoughtless. And yet when I went to my professor and told him what had happened, he put a hand on my shoulder and he said, Stephanie, it was a stupid thing to do. But remember that God is sovereign. God knew it was going to happen. And God could have stopped it. It didn't make me want to run out and be more reckless hearing that. It comforted me with the fact that God is in control over everything, over all my failures. Peter's failures remain under God's control. So do yours and so do mine. We should always take responsibility for them. We should never fear that we've fallen short of God's care. Our failures can guide us in our life with Christ. Our failures do not hinder God's purpose in this world. Did Peter's flaws undo God's plan? Neither Peter's rash boast, never, Lord, never will I do this, nor his denial change the state of affairs that Christ would endure. In fact, in verse 32, after he affirmed that Peter and all the others would do what they thought it would be impossible for them to do because to be caused to stumble because of Christ and to be scattered, he said, but after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Everything that God has purposed for Jesus to be accomplished through his death on behalf of his followers, the resurrection for our forgiveness of sin, and even Christ's ultimate meeting them again in Galilee. Our mistakes don't stop God's path. Our mistakes can affect us and lead us wondering if we'll ever step out of them. But I want you all to know that God can use all of us with our flaws, our failures, with every bit. We see Peter's flaws in this passage. 
and we can't begin to imagine the tormented heart he must have had afterwards of denying. He must have thought he had completely blown it. That now the Lord that he loved would never want anything to do with him again. But you know, we know the rest of the story. In Mark's Gospels, when the angels greeted the women at the Lord's tomb, they said, but go, tell the disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, as he said to you. Isn't this wonderful? The Lord wanted to make sure that Peter, especially Peter, received the command We also know that according to the Apostle Paul, Jesus made a special resurrection appearance to Peter. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 5, we're told that after Jesus was raised from the dead, he was seen by Cephas. That's Peter. And then by the twelve. In other words, before the Lord appeared to the other disciples, Jesus made a special point of appearing to Peter. He even said so. They affirmed the Lord is risen indeed and has prepared Simon. Again, this is Simon Peter. God knows in advance all of our flaws, all that we do, all that separates us from him, but that doesn't stop God's path, God's plan in this world. If we would just admit, if we would just come back into relationship, if we would just seek the restoration that the Lord has to offer. The Lord knew in advance that Peter would fail, but he told him, but I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brothers and sisters. Luke chapter 22, verse 32. We need to all see that God can use anyone, even those with our flaws and failures, even Peter, even you and me. And so I ask you, Will you deny Christ? Will you deny what's happening in the world around us? Will you deny the saving grace of our Lord? You see, brothers and sisters, out of our great love for Christ, let's be sure that we are faithful to him. Let's do our best to serve him in power of the Holy Spirit in all of our days to come. And even when we fail, as we will no doubt do many times, let us get up again, back into Christ's service. Let us rest assured that our failures are never final in the kingdom of God. God is more than our weakness, more grace for you and for me. God brings us to this place to know that we will deny. But our faith can be made whole when we seek after him. Let us go to God in prayer. Lord, you have brought us in to hear from you. Knowing that we fail and fall short, may your presence be among us. May your spirit uplift us and may your grace pour over us now that we would experience forgiveness of our sins 
that we would know a wholeness of life here and that when we fail, when we have the flaws before you, God, that our faith would seek after you and that we would find your love. Guide us now in this time of communion that we would hear from you and know of your presence surrounding us with your sweet spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.